too maybe but that's when they get into the black they start bringing in enough money that their bills are being paid and so all uh, retailers really look forward to the Christmas season and I don't think that's a bad thing we lived for a while in uh, East Africa and during that time you didn't hear the Christmas carols in the stores and this sort of thing that you have here and I missed it I really enjoy the uh, excitement of Christmas season and going to the stores and seeing all this going on and I think it's marvelous that people are buying gifts for the people they love it's just a beautiful time but it's very easy for us to use the wrong tactics and of course you hear a lot of that also sometimes the advertising that you hear it's mostly about envy and they're trying to tell us everybody has this gadget but you and if you don't get it your life is just not going to be complete you need to run out now and you need to get this gadget if you're going to really be happy and we've all heard those kind of advertisements in fact Carol told me about a fellow that she worked with he came in one morning and he said you know I couldn't sleep last night and so I turned on the television and they were advertising something and it just seemed like I couldn't do without it and I bought it and I can't remember this morning what it was <laughs> I think we're all that way a little bit at times, you know, the, we just feel like we have to have it because it's built into our consumer society and it can get us in trouble if we're not careful. But we have to constantly guard against envy taking over in our lives because we can always find somebody that has something better than what we have if we let that be the guiding principle in our lives or even if it's just a part of our lives. And so that's what we have to be so careful about. But we also need to understand that envy is not something that just started in America. It's not just a part of our consumer society. It's been a part of humanity from the very beginning. I mean, if you go back into the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, and you read about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the real story for Eve and the tree of knowledge and good and evil was envy. Satan knew that if he could just get her to be envious of God because of his wisdom, then he could maybe get her to do something that she really shouldn't do. And so what he said is, now, the, now what God said is this is the tree of knowledge of good and evil and you're not to eat it. Everything else you can have, it's the most beautiful garden the world has ever known. Every single blessing you could possibly need was there. But it wasn't enough once the devil got her thinking about it because he said, you know, God just wants to keep all of this knowledge to himself. He doesn't want you to have it. And so he really helped her to be envious of God. And she passed the envy on to her husband and they participated in the very first uh, experience of envy that we read about in Scripture. And it got him into all sorts of trouble. And that, and that was just one of the stories. You also look at Jacob and Esau. Uh, here's a couple of guys that you can find it just about every bad thing you think about you can find it in Jacob's life uh, he was just that kind of person but we're told that from the very beginning in the womb he was envious of his brother Esau we know that because they were struggling in the womb now those of you who have given birth to twins I've I've had I have a uh, brother and sister-in-law who have twins and I understand that's not that unusual for twins to kind of be tumbling around in there and kicking up all sorts of a fuss but 
the Bible tells us that when Esau was born, he, his brother Jacob was holding on to his heel when he came out of the womb. Now, they didn't understand what the society was like at that time. I don't really understand exactly what was going on there. They didn't know it, but the truth of the matter was, in their society, the firstborn had great blessings that those born later didn't have. And so it seemed as if Jacob somehow or another just knew that he wanted the blessings that Esau was going to get. And so he was doing his best to try to come out first and be the firstborn. But it didn't work out that way. And so all of his life, or at least the majority of his life, was spent trying to catch up with his brother Esau, to get his birthright, to get his blessings, to get all the advantages that come for being the firstborn. And so it caused all sorts of trouble and difficulty in his own life, in his brother's life, in their family, and in generations to come. Envy is not easy. It's a painful experience for us to have. And we need to realize, even though it's as old as humanity, every single one of us have the choice to get rid of it if we want to. We do not have to live with envy in our hearts. Now, we have to be careful about how to do it because it's not easy. So we ask the question, how do you get rid of this green-eyed monster of jealousy or envy? How do you slay the, the green dragon? And uh, there are guidelines in Scripture. If you'll turn to the book of James or look at the Scripture here on the, on the screen, it tells us, first of all, that James gives us two admonitions. He tells us, first of all, in James 3.14, don't boast about it. If you're envious in your heart, don't feel good about it. Don't try to brag about it. Don't be proud of it in any way. But he also says, don't deny the truth. And so he gives us those two extremes. One is to grasp envy and be, uh, you know, use it for your own purposes. The other is to deny that it's true. If we deny anything, then we're not going to be able to handle it. And so we need to admit it when there's something that needs to be done in our hearts. Well, let's look at James um, chapter 3, verse 14. I don't know if that's big enough that you can read it there. Sure it is. Uh, I'd like for you to read that with me. Let's read it responsibly, not responsibly, in unison. Uh, would you read it with me? If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And so God's answer given here in the book of James is that envy just doesn't belong. It causes all sorts of problems for us. And if we But the good news is that the Apostle Paul gives us a better answer. And his answer is you remove the envy from your life, not by just pushing it out. That's not so easy to do. But you replace it with something better. And if you look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 14, he gives us some guidelines that work for us also. Help, help me. Let's read this in unison also. 
He said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So there we find the, the, what Paul is saying is we need to replace envy with contentment. Think of all the ways that God has blessed you. If you have the privilege of being in this service today, then you are blessed far beyond many people in the world. There are many people who have never even heard the name of Jesus. There are many people who don't even know that they have a Heavenly Father who loves them. And even if you're here today and have not yet accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, yet you know that God loves you and He cares about you. What a great feeling of contentment should be in our lives as we think about that. What a tremendous blessing it is. And if we allow contentment to really become the priority in our lives, the important thing in our lives, then it just shoves the because we realize I don't really need those things that my heart sometimes says I want. I can do without those things. And I have so much to be thankful for. Now there's also another attitude that is a, a good part of our lives that we need to bring into it. And in Colossians we read about that. Uh, Paul also replaced envy with gratefulness. If you find that Envy begins to creep into your life and you need to stop, as the song said, to find and count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. That's a marvelous song. That is so true. And if we will just start to count our blessings, then we find that that green-eyed monster of envy or jealousy just starts to fade out of the way because the blessings of contentment and gratefulness just show them how to land. So another scripture that we want to look at today is Colossians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And let's read that also. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual psalms with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So gratefulness. It needs to be a part of our life in such a way that it just crowds out those attitudes that don't belong. And when we really praise God and thank God for His goodness to us, when we really count the blessings, my, what a difference it makes in our lives. It makes all the difference in the world. Now, it is important for us to understand that it, contentment is, the, is a guiding theme in our life. That doesn't mean that we reject motivation or ambition. It doesn't mean that uh, you can't really put exercise energy to try to better your situation, to make your situation better. If there are problems in your life, you need a better job or you need a, a better home or something like that, Contentment doesn't mean you don't try to improve that. But what he's saying is we, we want to be careful that selfish ambition and ungodly 
motivation of mine and lives. That's what gets us in trouble. When we want those things that we're envious of those people around us and we want them for ourselves, that's what gets us into trouble. But contentment does not mean that we can't work hard and try to better our situation and make ourselves better. And gratitude doesn't mean that we don't try to improve the situation. Just because we're thankful to God for all the Christians who are in our nation doesn't mean that we should be satisfied with that because God wants all of His lost children there. And so, as the people of God, we want everybody to know the Lord. And this can be true in any situation in life. Even though we're content, even though we have so much to be thankful for, yet we still... God goes on the work partly to make it better, to improve it, to build it up, to make it better. And so we, the important thing is for us to understand is that we choose contentment and gratitude in the place of envy or jealousy. We just move those things out of the way and we choose them. Philippians 4.13 is the next verse that we have there. It tells us I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. And so the key to it is we make the choice. If we don't want this to be in our lives, if we don't want jealousy or envy or any other uh, attitude that we don't want in our lives, and we may say, well, you know, it's just bigger than I am, there's nothing I can do about it. No. If we make the choice that we don't want it there because we don't believe God wants it there, then we can do it through the strength that God gives. The most important thing we need to do is to take every situation like that to the Lord and ask for His help. We've talked in these, this sermon series about the colors of life and we've dealt with oppression and fear and anger and now envy. These are just a few. There are a multitude of attitudes and behaviors that can get in our way and keep us from really enjoying the life as God wants us to and being the person that God wants us to be. And so what He asks us to do is to make the choice that we want to do what's right, what's best, and then depend on Him to help us. And you know, one of the joys of being a Christian is knowing that in every situation, God is always there with us. And that prayer is in connection we have with God every moment of the day. If you wake up in the middle of the night, you don't have to say, oh, I wish God was awake so I could talk to him about this. No, he's always awake. He's always listening. If you're speeding down the highway or if you're, if you're flying across the nation in an airplane and your cell phone can't, won't work or they tell you it won't work and you can't call home, you can still call God. You can talk to him. 30,000 feet or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And so if we make the choice, then we can call on God and He will help us. So whatever it is that we're dealing with, whether it's one of the colors of life we've talked about or any other situation, know that God cares about your situation and He wants to help. You're not dealing with this alone. You're not dealing with it just in your own strength or in your own power. But whatever the situation, you can say, God, this is bigger than I am. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And you can be assured that He will help. Whatever it is, He'll take you through.
because he cares about you. He loves you. And he wants to help you get through it to the other side. And so anytime we call on him for assistance, we can count on him. As I talk about prayer, I can't help but think about this wonderful presentation that Nancy Hemingway made. And also out here in the, in the gathering area is a prayer wheel. One of the things that we're doing this year is participating in the uh, month of prayer. And uh, all the Church of God throughout the world are the goal is that we would have a prayer 24 hours a day for the whole month of December. And in order to get that done, every state or country is assigned to pray for one day. And we're here this year assigned to December 4th. And so we would like to have at least one or maybe two persons for every hour of that time to spend it in prayer, praying for the nation, praying for many concerns. And so uh, we have all, I think, except seven of those slots will fill that. So talking about prayer, when you go out together here and take a look at that and see if you can't sign up for one of those times, and uh, it would be great if we actually had 48 people so that there were two people for every hour praying throughout the night. Uh, at some time or another, you don't have to come into the church, you can do it wherever you are. But the key to it is when realizing that prayer is something that is always there to help us. And whether you're dealing with envy or any other situation, God wants to help you to make it possible. So what I want to do is we close this message today. I want to spend some time just praying for every single one of us. That God will help us pray. He knows what you're going through right now. I don't know, but you know, and God knows. And so let's pray together and ask God's help in this situation. Father, we thank you for this marvelous day, for the blessing of your presence in our lives. How wonderful it is to know that you love us and you really do care about our situation. Lord, we're not just people who are dumped out on the earth to survive any way we can, but we are the people of God. And every single one of us are children of God by creation. And your desire is that we also be the children of God by spiritual birth. You want us to be more than your But Lord, you know that sometimes we have struggles that we go through. As we think about the situations that every single one of us are dealing with. Lord, you know that some people this morning are really hurting. They're struggling for answers to life and they're not sure how to handle There may be some here today who are really dealing with this thing of envy and they're struggling with it. Some may be dealing with fear or anger or depression or a multitude of other areas of life they're struggling with. Lord, help us to know that you care about that situation. Whatever it is, and you want to help. You're not going to leave us on our own, but you're going to bring us through. So Lord, we just ask that you help us to trust you, to place ourselves in your hands. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.